and welcome to Unidentified Wargamer. Each week I interview a wargamer and identify them in the hobby. Uh, tonight I have on with me James. How are you, James? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. No, you're most welcome. Do you want to give us a little spiel of who you are and sort of how you got it started in tabletop wargaming? Yeah, cheers. Um, I, <clears throat> I probably a common story for a lot of gamers. I got into Warhammer when I was quite young. You know, you see like the cool models and stuff, and I picked up a uh, Space Marines, a little bit of Lord of the Rings, a little bit of fantasy. Just sort of, you know, did some really shitty paint jobs, and um, yeah, just had a ball. And then kind of dropped it as I, you know, went through high school and stuff. And then eventually once I got a, a job again and I was looking for a sort of a, a creative outlet um, or a, a bit of a community outlet as well, um, I turned back and I, to the, you know, to the models in my closet. And I was like, oh, shit, no, these guys are cool. I just want to oh, double check. I can cast on this. Podcast, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Can Rats, cool. say whatever okay, you want. Cool. I've already dropped two. I've already spawned twice. As, I, didn't <laughs> <even notice. laughs> I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. That's what yeah, yeah. I don't care. It seemed pretty casual. <laughs> just, just wanted to double check. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Just got back into it after, um, yeah, liking it as a kid, and I kind of made a promise to myself when I did get back into it that, like, if I'm gonna, uh, if I'm gonna spend all this money and time into this hobby. I wanted to get kind of get the most out of it in every aspect that I can. So creatively, competitively, community wise, socially, like I, I wanted to, um, you're going bull state. Yeah. Get the most out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, best value for money, I guess you could say, but yeah. Yeah. So that, that that's me. Uh, a lot of people might know me as Mac attack on <laughs> <laughs> the, um, on Discord, primarily the AOS Coach Discord. Um, not quite as active now as I used to be um, last year, but yeah, love uh, playing games and jumping in and talking shit with a bunch of people on there. So um, yeah, that's me. Oh, awesome. Yeah, because the, the main reason I got you on is I'd heard from a few people in the New Zealand scene that you had made like a major transition from playing competitively in TTS um because obviously new zealand was locked down quite hard with covid and a lot of people were worried that people from tts the skills wouldn't transfer as well into in-person games um but judging from all the uh tournaments that have sort of been coming out of new zealand it, that's not been the case and it seems to have transferred over very well how have you found playing tts in general and then how have you found it differs to playing in person um i like playing on tts um i guess my thesis but on the contrast between them is um each one so tts and in-person i'll call it irl gaming <laughs> um they each have their strengths and weaknesses um so i think we were discussing this before the podcast this the main strength of tts is the there's no production meta like you were saying there's mm. no um when a book gets released and as soon as or leaked in the case of Nighthorn, <laughs> um, you can you can play immediately on TTS. You can grab those models, download them for free, pay twenty bucks for TTS or whatever it is, and bam, you're playing straight away. And it's just um it's just it's so fast and a fit like efficient. Um great way to practice if you're a competitive gamer. Great way to just get a game if you're not like it's just it's just really accessible is the strength of TTS. The <laughs> weakness of TTS and the strength of IRL gaming, in my opinion, is I think there's more strengths in IRL gaming. I personally prefer it. Yep. But uh, the main one for me is the social aspect. Um, people, it's very common trope that people rage at mm. video games, and TTS unfortunately has a quite common effect of gamifying or video gamifying Warhammer to the point where you forget that it's another person on that's just trying to play the hobby on the other end of the table, you know? And when you're in person in the IRL games, it's much easier to just be chill and have a good time. Even in a highly competitive setting, I find you, people are a lot more forgiving and understanding when you can actually see them and, you know, in person right there in front of you. Um, and I find the games <clears throat> in general, they're pleasant, all over but i tend to find people rage a little harder or maybe the social element isn't quite as 
uh, evolved on TTS as it is in real life. And then, of course, there's the hobby elements and sort of just the physicality of rolling dice and moving models. It's like fun. Apart from the back pain, if you're tall, bending over a table. Oh, I, I know that experience, that's for sure. <laughs> Especially yeah. after multiple days of doing that. Yeah, yeah. Tournaments can be rough on the neck and back. Yes. How, because I've played, I played in one of the early Hammer Time events that Owen was running back at the start of COVID. And I sort of struggled with it because I felt I wasn't playing with my own models and if I wanted to play online games, I would play something that was probably a lot more polished. How did you sort of feel about TTS in general, coming that you'd played earlier tabletop games, well, not really played that, you had the models and stuff like that. And then when you jumped over to in-person, did you think it was, like, you sort of feel it was a bit further behind because you weren't sort of using your models and painting your own models? So this is like comparing TTS to like real life. So going from real life to TTS. Yeah, yeah. Just because I struggled with, I'm like, if I'm playing Warhammer online, I'd rather just paint my models for when I can play in person. Did you ever sort of experience something like that when you were playing TTS? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I think it goes back to that like video gamifying Age of Sigma, right? Because half, literally, to some people, more than half the hobby is like building your own army and playing with your own guys and having that sense of ownership about it. And and TTS, yeah, you're just picking up. You're playing with the exact, exact same stuff that everyone else is playing. Mm. So there is a bit of a um, disconnect there. Um, it's hard to feel like, yeah, like you're playing with your army. You're, you're, not, you're not really expressing yourself in that way on TTS. It's more like the only way you can express yourself on TTS is through your gameplay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also... <clears throat> I also uh, played in one of the early Hammer Time. It was actually my first proper tournament. Mm -hmm. um, that was during lockdown. Um, it was a very interesting experience. Um, I stayed because it was a New Zealand, because I'm in New Zealand and the, the tournament was in the UK. It was like an all-nighter for me, which yeah, was really... Yeah. Um, They're rough. Real rough. Yeah, 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 it was pretty rough. But it was also pretty fun. Like, obviously, all tournaments that I've been to have been fun and, like, it was a good learning experience. Um, and just kind of trippy to first tournament. Like I played someone from Italy, played someone from America, played someone from the UK, like kind of just bounce around all over the world. It's pretty, pretty cool concept. Uh, I love that about it. When I'd done that same tournament was the international people you would never play against ever. You yeah. get to experience their play style or just even chat to them while you're playing with them. I definitely yeah. enjoyed that most about it. What, um, what sort of brought you to playing it on TTS? Because obviously I think a lot of people that I know of that just played in person before COVID had never even heard of TTS. So how is someone that probably wasn't massively in the competitive scene, how did you sort of hear about playing in TTS? And then how did you get involved in sort of the tournaments in TTS? Um, yeah, so yeah, I, had, I don't think I'd played a single game in person maybe a couple like little skirmish ones in the store um before tts and i'm uh i'm pretty like online like i i've subscribed to a lot of youtube channels and twitch and reddit and stuff you know in my free time just browse that stuff so um naturally as soon as i got into the hobby of warhammer i started looking up youtube channels twitch channels all that sort of stuff and um i think it was the honest wargamer and yeah, so like Rob and the Honest yep. Wargamer crew um, that was sort of on the rise and they were doing the Twitch stuff at the time and they were just getting into a lot of TTS stuff around then as well. And so it was kind of this new thing, or at least it felt like that anyway, I'm not sure. Yeah. But AOS it was. And yep. um, yeah, and then I was just, through that I heard about Owen Jackson and through that I heard about his Discord groups and yeah, from there it just sort of dominoed out into uh, me joining up in a tournament. I knew I had was very inexperienced, but I was like, screw it. Let's just jump in, have five games, stay up all night, um, <laughs> meet a bunch of people. Like I, th I, f I figured it'd be a good way to just dive into the deep end and just see if I really wanted to continue with this hobby or find out if it wasn't for yeah. me. And, and I'm yeah. guessing you were quite a sort of video game sort of player as well. How did you find... 
because when I played it, I found it was super sort of clunky. Models would sort of fall over or warp through trees and stuff like that. How did you find it as a gaming experience? And what sort of kept you in playing TTS, do you think? Um, so, yeah, back then, it, it's a lot better now. Okay. I'll say that. Um, back then, it was pretty, pretty, fr- pretty clunky. Um, especially compared to if you're used to, you know, IRL games, um, yep. which are pretty straightforward. Um, what kept me in there? I think it was primarily the people because you've got access to such a wide community and there's so many different players on there. And there's like, there's lots of like in, in certain discords of the AOS coach discord, um, there's lots of regulars that will show up and you, you there's like a nice sense of, community in there mm-hmm. and then that coupled with the fact that anyone can pick up any list and play it straight away you get a lot of really interesting matchups and games especially for someone who's more competitively minded like me who likes to see how armies interact like you're, you're like oh if, if all you're doing is playing irl games and all you know is your local scene like you'll have you know i play iron jaws and then i've got my friend who plays sylvaneth and then i've got my other friend who plays skaven and and you probably have a really good understanding of how those matchups work and how those armies play against each other but then you've never seen like Ideneth versus uh slanesh or um cities of sigma and this like wacky like tempest i build going up against uh corn or gets or something you know like and and it was just like what i loved about tts was the fact that i could go on get a game or watch a game of tts with two armies that i've never seen play before with two people that i've never met before potentially Mm -hmm. um and just like being able to have access to all that information all that experience just yeah as a new player that wanted to get into competitive, I thought it was, just found it really useful um, yeah. to see okay. all of that. And how do when you because this is a bit of a newer sort of thing for you? How did you think you progressed over TTS? Was it quite a a fast sort of experience for you? Sort of because you're able to absorb so much information with there's so many games going on and you being able to play so many different armies straight away. Do you think that? was a faster learning experience and sort of gave you more um, sort of strengths on the table overall? Um, I'd say it helped me for sure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't directly compare it to something that like to the sort of experience that you would get playing IRL a lot because you would get different experiences, right? Different, um, it's sort of like two different ways of training, I guess you could look at it. Um, a lot of people will say that Warhammer is a memory game right? It's all about mm-hmm. memorizing the rules. And that's like 90% of it is just knowing what everything can do at all times. So in that sense, TTS is really good because you get to see like if you go to a tournament and someone rocks up with someone, an army that you've never seen before, you're immediately at a disadvantage. But yeah. Because I've been on, you know, if you'd been on TTS so much, maybe you have seen that army, maybe you have a basic understanding of how it works and you're better prepared in that matchup. Um, so in that sense, it's really good for learning. Um, also just getting, if you want to get a bunch of reps in, with your list yep. right if you're going like a tournament's coming up great way to do it is a tts um but yeah and then like but like irl like there's other things that you can learn like playing playing fast playing like a good clean game is difficult to practice if you aren't actually you know holding and moving and your models and rolling dice and all that stuff yeah and um yeah we can probably get into it uh later but like there is just a different feel to playing in real life yeah, you can't just learn from playing a digital version of the game. Mm-hmm. How many sort of tournaments do you think you sort of played in on TTS? I think I only did two. Okay, um, but it was mostly like uh, pub games, I guess you call them pickup yeah. games. Yeah. Do you find there was a different sort of sociality sort of between the two like playing in a tts tournament and playing sort of in person oh, so playing like pub games um so yeah uh, yeah yeah uh oh, actually you know what no i don't think they're that different okay because in a, in a tournament setting it is kind of just like th- five pickup games yeah um obviously it's it's a little different because you know like you'll everyone will sort of get together in the lobby in between games and there's the tournament structure to it so you know there's competitive element to it but mostly it's, it's more or less the same mm-hmm. um 
kind of in the same way that I would say that for the most part, an IRL pickup game is similar to an IRL tournament game. Apart from like the super, super sweaty, you know, like um, try hard events or if you're at the top tables of it, those games are going to feel different. But yes. I think for the, for the average uh, Age of Sigmar player, the games are between competitive tournaments and um, pickup games are fairly um, comparable. Okay. Yeah, because I noticed, I think it's also probably was playing it like late at night. I noticed people were seemed a lot more sometimes at tournaments in person. People, there's a lot more stress, and it sort of felt like people were trying a bit harder than in TTS games. Because I feel when I was playing my TTS games, they didn't feel anywhere near as clean or as sort of polished as I wanted to play. I just felt I sort of maybe struggled with the mechanisms of TTS, and things seemed a lot more relaxed and not as stressful yeah yeah no totally um yeah because it's like a simulation so yeah it's just not gonna it's just not ever gonna be as like simple as uh playing in real life or doing those things and then you compound that with having being under time pressure it can create yeah difficult situations Mm mm-hmm what would you say would be the best way for someone new that wants to get into TTS and sort of get into playing TTS, like sort of online? If that um, makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's all good. Um, I, I would say the best place to start is um, a Discord server. So uh, like the uh, AOS Coach Discord server is really good. Um, there's uh, Release the Beast uh, Discord server, which is uh, pretty active. Um, Hammer Time's been quiet for a while, I think, but that's another one that you can um, you can jump in on. Hmm. But yeah, so that that would be the first step. Obviously, downloading Tabletop Simulator on Steam. I think it's like twenty bucks or so. Um, it's not expensive. And yeah, it's then, pretty cheap, sort of video game wise, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then there's something called, oh, I'm going to forget the name. It's um, Emerson's, I think. Emerson? Oh, I was going to suggest the, um, the there's the, uh, something you can download online, which is um, basically all the models that you'll ever need. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. It's like all the models. Storm, Storm Vault. That's right, what it's yeah. called. Okay. You just Google like Storm Vault TTS or Storm Vault Age of Sigma. You should find it. It's on GitHub. But basically, it's just a folder with all the models from Age of Sigmar. It's constantly updated. Um, with those three things, so Discord, the Tabletop Simulator, and Storm Vault, you are now capable of playing any faction, um, <laughs> any build at pretty much any time. Um, obviously, there are peak times for finding a game. But yeah. And then just, yeah, jump on in. Like... Like you can, there's usually channels that will be like looking for game channels. Um, just say who you are. You can probably mention you're new in case there's like there are some sharks out there. You got to be careful. <laughs> drop like dragon armies on you. So, oh, first game, hey, eh? all right then. Here's yeah. uh, <laughs> here's Marathi the Bow Snakes. Like, there's a top tier list that you can't handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm practicing for my tournament. Masters coming up in a week. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah, I mean, even in that case, you'll probably still get a good game and um, learn a lot and make friends. So that's how, I, you know, that's the sort of the way I'd go about it. Okay. And all of that, like 20 bucks. That's to, like, if you're worried about, you know, if you're like, oh, I, I'm on limited income or whatever, I don't want to have to spend lots of money. I want to know I want, you know, I want to be certain I want to do this. TTS is a great way to start. Very low investment. Best 20 bucks you'll ever spend on Age of Sigma. I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I've put a many of hours into playing TTS um, and I got $20 worth, that's for sure. <laughs> Figured yeah. out what armies I didn't like and what armies I did like. Um, yeah. It, it's great for practicing those sort of things as well. Even if you, because I found I fell off TTS pretty quickly after we were able to get more games in person in. Um, yeah. But I found it was just great for learning what armies you sort of wanted to play um, and even just sorting out bills and trying to get auras and, and buff ranges set up it's and because it's in like you can just boot it up and you don't have to worry about having a gaming table at home or trying to clear models out and stuff like that 
Because I know sometimes even trying to deploy can take half an hour, depending on what army you're playing in person. But in yep. TTS, you can just set it up straight away and have all the auras and figure out your placement pretty quickly. Yeah. What do you think transferred... Because we'll go into the in-person games. Do you think transferred the best from TTS to in-person games and think you gave you that edge that you needed? Um, yeah, I'd say it's just the knowledge, mostly. Like, Because um, when I jumped into my first in-real-life tournament, I was going up against armies I hadn't played before, but I had seen on the, them on TTS, and I was aware of how they played. So that sort of knowledge helped. Um, yeah, that and just sort of just the reps, right? Knowing how my army wants to deploy generally, knowing what order to do my spells and prayers and command abilities and, and what units I want screening what and all that sort of stuff. Just like basic sort of fundamental knowledge just um yeah mm -hmm. help me how did you find because obviously tts you can just pick up a whole unit and move it across the table exact inches and exact millimeters essentially how did you find did you have to get a few more practice games in in person to sort of get down those minutiae of moving models around um and making sure your buff auras were up properly <laughs> yeah yeah i <laughs> I started with Daughters of Cain and um, those 12 inch like hag brew auras and all that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> Once, when, you're in the, when you're playing in TTS, it's so nice and easy. You've got those big circles. Oh, everything yeah. goes in here. And then you plonk it down on a real life board and you're like, oh, shit. I gotta, <laughs> oh, God, There's I no display here. Witches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's the yeah, that, that's a pretty big one. Um, there's the auras. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like moving exact inches and stuff, uh, it's more ch like people understand when you're playing in real life that no one's going to be like millimeter perfect with their movement, right? Like you do your best. You obviously don't do anything crazy. Don't cheat, but <laughs> we hope um, people aren't cheating anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just like I feel like there's a sort of um unspoken understanding between players it's like yeah like you're not going to get everything like millimeter perfect moving things around piling in there's like it's part of the game basically in mm -hmm. real life anyway and sort of how did you find so many games did you sort of play before you got into playing your first tournament i think it was on tts uh, it was uh my first tts tournament it was like maybe like two or three mm-hmm practice games um i just found a there was a guy uh, will potter from the uk who was always online like gave me lots of practice games great guy mm -hmm. um, and then shout out will shout out will <laughs> and then how many games do you think you should have to get in before you felt strong enough to then venture into an irl tournament mm. uh I mean, just a handful more. I, it was a bit of a, uh, like a, uh, it was a bit of a slow transition, just a gentle transition from TTS to IRL. Cause I think we came mm -hmm. out of the lockdown. Um, I had met actually some people through discord. Um, and I had a like regular gaming spot on the weekends. So I started to like swap in more in real life games um and then signed up for the next tournament that happened after lockdown so it was actually i had like basically like a six month period where i was just free to play casually um and competitively sort of on tts and off tts um, okay so maybe like once every two weeks i'd say games so yeah and how did you find your first in-person tournament oh it was awesome it was mm -hmm. it was yeah it was so good uh, i think it was was ValleyCon 2021. So I think it was, yeah, I think that's what it was. And it was, it was awesome. Um, took Daughters of Cain, Marathi and the Bow Snakes uh, in peak, peak second edition bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome, man. I, I went in pretty competitively and well-practiced um, mm -hmm. for a first-time player. And I, I was... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I was surprised at like how sort of fun and casual it was. I think I remember my main takeaway being 
how cool the community was like their social aspect right like mm-hmm. seeing everyone there sort of traveling from afar to congregate in one place play age sigma it was a really cool feeling yeah yeah because that's what i noticed when i sort of went to the first tournament i'm like wow there's like people all over australia that have traveled here to come here there's no like pressure there's nothing it's just sort of like a not relaxed but it's a very welcoming environment mm-hmm. yeah 100 um, percent. what i was going to say was i think especially with your army build is definitely practice because you need your target priority with a shooting army like that and if once you've got that down packed i think that transfers pretty easily from tts to in-person games yeah yeah any sort of list that has like that power projection your your knowledge of the game becomes really important so like yeah i think that maybe that's a good caveat to add for practicing on tts is that you're like needing to know what every war scroll in the game is is becomes less important depending on what army you're taking mm-hmm. um so if you're playing like the the Marathi and the bow snakes it's really important to know what linchpins are in your enemy army you know if i kill that little hero he's not going to get this aura if i kill that big monster it's not going to be able to do this blah 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 right um whereas something like i don't know iron jaws maybe is less important because you know smash and bash baby you just move it up and kill stuff well a lot of with the combat armies as well they can't even touch those back pieces if you don't right. want them touched, you can't get to them. So it, it doesn't really affect your game plan a whole lot in regards to them. But you're definitely yeah. the shooting armies. They just pick things apart where they need to. Pick the right things and then you can win games. Mm-hmm. What sort of and armies... Well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to roll oh, well. You can roll sixes. Roll well. <laughs> yeah, just roll those sixes. It's easy, bro. Just yeah. roll <laughs> What sort of armies did you get started with in TTS? And then did you find you really enjoyed those armies in tts and then go and buy them in person or did you try other armies um i think i started i started with fire slayers and that was very short-lived um i started with fire slayers and i bought a couple kits and i started putting them together and i realized that it's all the same model (laughs) is it really i would never have guessed that (laughs) yeah i was like hmm (laughs) <laughs> I, do i really want to like make like 80 of these yeah and um the answer was no and then i was like well there's this other faction that's also naked also does heaps of damage <laughs> in combat um also just crazy just mad men or in this case women so i was like oh daughters of cain are sick and they have snake things mm-hmm. which look awesome so i jumped over to that and that's yeah so i, I think i got like a star collecting box because i i like the modeling aspect first that's usually what draws me to an army is the aesthetic and then if the play style matches that aesthetic that's you know win-win for me right yeah um and so uh, from there i just started playing a couple games while i was building the first couple models up because obviously i didn't have enough to play mm-hmm. and so playing on tts was really nice the first tournament i did was with daughters of canes on tts and that was just like uh, <clears throat> just practicing how it plays seeing what builds work making sure I liked playing with the army, which I did. Um, and then, yeah, from there, it was just a case of playing TTS while I took the time to, while I was building the actual army itself. Yeah. Did you find, because I know a lot of people, this was their issue is people aren't going to stick with armies. They're going to play random stupid builds. Did you find when you're on TTS, you stuck to your main army or did you chop to the top and change everywhere? Uh, I played mostly Doors of Cain because that's what I knew. Um, but I dabbled with a couple other just random dumb lists. Like, um, you know, you just like, you watch like a tournament report or some tournament uh, results and you go, oh, this person with this crazy Nighthorn list did this. And you're like, oh, sweet. I just load that up, play a game with it, see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, so that sort of thing happened, yeah. Uh, but mostly just practicing. Yeah. And then how many how many sort of tournaments have you sort of been to after playing on TTS sort of in person in Wellington or just in general in New Zealand? Um, oof, okay, so I think two, three last year. Okay. And then two so far this year. So five total, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with all the lockdowns and COVID and stuff, New Zealand, um, we we didn't have a lot of opportunity for like full seasons of tournaments. Yep. It was only st- just now starting to get to be like that. Um, but yeah, all man, every single one of those experiences was, yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Did you That's find? Definitely- Oh. Sorry, you okay? You can I was go. just going to say, like tournaments like that are definitely for me the peak of the hobby. Like, yes, it's, it's the um, yeah. It's what you it's paint what your armies and build your armies up for is to go play at a tournament where you get yeah. that satisfaction of having your models on the board. Hundred percent. Yeah. Did you find your results from playing in a few tournaments in TTS and a few tournaments in RL? Do you find you sort of went fairly standard? like across both of them in comparison? Uh, I mean, that's hard to say because it's hard to compare. Yeah, my yeah. first tournament, I, I was like 100. Yeah, okay, yeah, and I was enough. like yeah. 80th or something. I yeah. went like one and five, or one and four. Um, but that was like, I was very new to the game, mm. right? So um, I was kind of just, I was kind of expecting to do that badly. Um, my first, yeah. This Maybe is going to sound probably- like a... Oh, you keep going with your thought. I was, oh, I mean, this is going to sound like a like a humble <laughs> brag. I don't mean it to sound like that, but I, I always tend to do pretty well at tournaments since mm-hmm. then. So, my first tournament, I placed third, and then um, usually in the top half or top three. I think I've got third twice, first twice, and then yeah, a couple best painted as well. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I was so, sort of. I was just trying to get a basis because I found just playing in TTS and RL games just feel different so I was trying to get a basis of if you felt games in person like I know it's it's a, a big variable with you playing more games you're getting more experience the people you're playing are completely different but I was trying to get a basis of a, if it felt like it was easier to play TTS games and you, you felt like you were stronger in TTS or you felt like you were stronger in person. I definitely feel like I'm stronger in person. I think if I were to join um, a tournament on TTS right now, I don't think I would do that well. I've, I, I tend to find I play worse on TTS. Yeah. But that could be because I'm more used to playing in real life now. I, I play more in real life than I do on online. And I just find I make more mistakes. It's just a little harder for my brain to figure out what's going on on the board on TTS. Whereas mm-hmm. in real life, it's all there. I don't know. I'm used to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what my struggle was as well is I found I forgot stuff easier because even though there's game, like I pulled out my war scroll cards and had them sitting next to me while I was playing TTS games. But I found like a lot of the cues you would normally use for in-person games just weren't there. And I found yeah, I just struggled a lot more, which is probably what it sort of led to you saying the same thing, that it just didn't feel the same, that you just didn't get the same experience that it caused you to play worse. So I yeah. felt sometimes I played terribly. And it wasn't, my decisions weren't terrible. It just didn't feel like the game was going as smoothly in general, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this is a thing for everyone, but when you're playing good Warhammer, it's like a flow state, right? Yes. Like you, and that I find it's way easy to get into that flow state when you can pick up a model, when you can roll a dice, when you can snap that measuring tape out. And like that's almost like meditation. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like it sounds weird to call that, but like, you know, like it's, it, that is kind of what it is. Um, like the, the motions and the physicality and the sort of the haptic feedback of everything is, yeah. And then three yeah, hours find, later, yeah. you realize, oh, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Little... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's something I feel like it's a bit hard to quantify maybe why as well I found yeah. in, in TTS and in person. It's just something about it didn't quite have that, that aspect or that draw to it. Um, totally. And then so you say you've been doing quite well in tournaments. Have you got a favorite tournament, at, like the IRL tournaments that you've been to? Um, yeah, it might be recency bias, but the last tournament I went to a couple of weeks ago, Morning Con, run by run by Mitch Harty, um, who you had on just uh, yes, indeed I did uh, last episode. Um, awesome tournament. Actually, it's a is a narrative based tournament, so it's a doubles, so two teams of two players, each with fifteen hundred points, so three thousand point games. 
really crazy craziness you could just like with you you can do with double so much fun so much like adds like so much crazy like depth to the game as soon as you have more than two, two factions on the board at once um but yeah it was just it was just a one day a pretty chill mm-hmm. um and just really fun yeah. um me and a friend <laughs> took me uh michael fell <laughs> shout out michael um took just a really nasty iron jaws Classic. and <laughs> I, I, t- I took iron jaws he took legion the first prince and um we just took like a brutal uh control melee list um where i was counter charging he had his corn demon prince making it so that the enemy can't charge mm-hmm. and then he had kairos dice and Ugh. yeah so we we weren't there to be, have fun we were there to um <laughs> That we, was Mitch's worry. Guys. <laughs> yeah, He's like, yeah. oh, I mean, we we told him, we told him yeah. first. Like, Mitch, we're gonna we're gonna ruin your tournament. He was like, <laughs> okay. So he's like, oh, here. I might do casual, like trying to organize a casual environment. But then he's like, all the lists have come in and they're all balls to the wall. It's not going to be <laughs> casual at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were, yeah, there were quite a few uh, air quotes narrative lists there. <laughs> yes, Iron Jaws and Legend of the First Prince, very narrative to fight with each to other. To be fair, I did spend like two hours the night before making tiny tinfoil hats for all of my orcs. <laughs> and then giving Balakor a big remote control tinfoil like oh, controller. Nice. <laughs> so Bal- it was very narrative. Balakor was yeah. mind controlling the orcs. So. <laughs> How did you go at that event? Oh, we ended up first place, which was very nice. Oh, nice. That's yep. what we were going for. So, yeah. Yes, because when I spoke to Jesse, she came down as well and played with Bo. Yes. We actually had uh, them in our first matchup. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And how, how did that go? Really nice. It, it was good. Um, I don't think any of our games finished on time because 3,000 points and four players at the table are just like... Yeah. yeah. So of... I'll say it went our way in the first three turns, but it might not have if the other two had played out. Yeah. So we, we got a bit lucky there with the, with the time stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was it was a, honestly a pleasure to play those um, those guys. That, yeah. And would you say they're sort of your funnest games you've had or have you got a more memorable game that stands out? Oh no! Nah, yeah, these games were so much fun. Doubles is—if you haven't tried it, I haven't like, tried it. <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. It's a little more, you know, it's a bit more admin. Yeah. Um, but it's it's super fun, super super fun. Yeah, it's definitely something I want to try. We don't have a doubles tournament up here, in, or I don't think anywhere in in um, Australia. We have a lot of teams. To- oh, maybe a two teams tournaments going on, um, and they're mm-hmm. another kettle of fish completely. Yeah, I'd be keen to try that out sometime. I'd love to have a team's tournament. But unfortunately, just in New Zealand, you, it's rare to pull a crowd big enough to mm-hmm. host a team tournament. But um, it sounds like a really cool format. Like, yeah, I, I really like the whole, like, strategizing um, and playing, you know, for, like, a group score. It's really cool. Yeah. Really cool idea. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's a four-person team tournament. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It was called It's called Runax. Um, no, I don't think so. There's probably the one of the bigger tournament pools in Australia at the moment because CanCon's not ongoing at the moment. Uh, I think he normally gets about 120 people, nice. so you get a decent that's amount ridiculous. of. Yeah, <laughs> that's like I don't know. Coming from New Zealand, that's like unreal numbers. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine that. That's awesome. You, well, you get people. Well, I think this year was a bit limited because we only had Australia, uh, Queenslanders. I think there was only, I think it was 60 or 80 just in the one state. Um, but when the borders have been opened up and stuff like that, so the one I think at the end of this year, I think it's going to be quite large. Um, but they're tons of fun. Just trying to work out your matchups and yeah, trying to make sure your whole team goes decent to get a, a win as a team. Um, it was real fun. I thoroughly yeah. and would highly recommend it. Mean, maybe I'll have to come over. Yeah, oh, it's definitely worth a shout. Get the boys it, together. Yeah, well, I think I think some of them are already coming over. I think they've already said they're going to come over. See, so, then you got left out. <laughs> oh sh! So yeah, where's my invite? I'm going to yeah. go check my. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm just going to go check my uh, my mail again. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> it was like two maybe, weeks ago. One of someone sent you an invite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any advice for people that have made the transition from TTS to in-person games as well? Because obviously, you've been quite successful in it. 
um, you think that would work well for them? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, in my opinion, and I'm not. This is this is uh, just my own personal experience, not sort of a prescriptive. You know, I'm not telling people how to do stuff, but I think <laughs> for me, the ultimate sort of end game is playing in real life. Um, you know, as part of a sort of social group, um, th- because that's to me is the what I get the best. Um, that, that's when I get the most out of the game. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it can always, it can be hard because if you don't have access to like a um, an active scene, maybe TTS is your outlet. And yeah, yeah. that's but, what um, I've noticed with a few people is trying to get in-person games was impossible for them. So that's where they're mm-hmm. TTS. But I know a few people have just picked up TTS as a side video game. Um, yeah. So them trying to come into more of a the IRL stance of it, I think, is a bit daunting for them because it's a completely different scene and you've actually got physical models you've got to move around. Yeah. Um, I think in that case, like, if, if, you're, if you like the gameplay and you, like, you, like you're a... Uh kind of like hearthstone or whatever right like you can still you can there's lots of secondhand uh groups on facebook and um i guess ebay and that sort of stuff i'm not sure outside of new zealand where you go but um you can like pick up full armies super easily for decent prices if you're looking in the right places and it's it it can be very quick and simple to get set up in real Mm -hmm. life um yeah just gotta know where to look Yep. And then sort of speaking on like getting social games in and stuff like that, what's sort of your community like down in Wellington for you? Um, it's in, in Wellington, it's pretty competitive. Maybe it's because I tend to, you know, play with other competitive players, but I think in general it's, um, it's, it's competitive, um, but very friendly. That's, that was what struck me the most about my first tournament experience, right? Is that everyone was playing competitive, um, age of sigma mm-hmm. but the games never felt sweaty they never felt intense it was always friendly and welcoming like you like you said yeah um and that was what that was you know what really struck me was that that combination it was like um such a satisfying way to play a competitive game i guess um mm-hmm. and yeah so that, that that's kind of the vibe um in wellington yeah um, People like to play each other for fun, but also to improve. Um, yes. Yeah. Are you in more northern part of Wellington where you can get garage games in, or what sort of your gaming nah, scene sort of like? No, nah, I'm down the city, so I have to travel a little if I want to get okay. out to um, the hut and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, fair um, enough. Yeah, it's not that bad. Wellington's yeah. not that big, so. Yeah, I think for. From being a major city is quite small compared to a lot of other countries' major cities. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in New Zealand for like almost twenty years now, so I've I've forgotten what it's like being uh, <laughs> being in a big city, like a properly world big city, you know, like a mm-hmm. proper one. Whereabouts are you from? Oh, New Zealand, but we travelled around when I was. Oh, there. okay, right, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Born in, in like, the cargo. I'm like places. trying to work out like. It does have a New Zealand accent. Where where could it be from then? <laughs> yeah, I've been speaking an Irish accent this whole time. Right? <laughs> Can you hear? Is there anything that you think possibly in-person games lacks that could be maybe brought over from TTS? Hmm. Is a bit That's of a, a question. yeah, a bit of a stumper. Oof. I th- hmm. I mean, short of like creating some like dope like holographic table that could like measure your models i i don't think so mm-hmm. um i guess token like when i first started playing uh in real life i realized one thing i really missed from tts is the token system you have to just throw tokens around yep. rename models with their wound counter and stuff so i would say that um but that's also fairly common already on the tabletop Maybe for a newer player, it might not be, but yeah, no, I can't really think of anything. Just sort of like gaming aids is probably. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always thought maybe possibly a grid system, like if you wanted to play, because I know a lot of people have an issue 
and why possibly Warhammer's not an eSport or as well defined as chess or other tabletop sort of games that have a super competitive element is because there's the tape measure involved and as soon as you add money into a tournament, that's when things start going a little awry, like you might bump a model, get an extra few millimeters, and mm-hmm. that can, as much as it probably doesn't swing a game, it can still add and maybe compound later on into a game. Um, so maybe a grid system could work in keeping, if it was to go super top tier and have like a few thousand dollar prize pool or something like that, where you want to keep people to a pretty strict sort of measuring thing a grid system could possibly work in some aspect potentially i think i think the that would pull a little of the soul out of the game yes that sounds like really harsh but um the immersion has gone straight away (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. and 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 like that that those little like nudges here and there like like i said earlier there's kind of an unspoken rule that that's you know that's just part of the game, right? It happens to to me. It happens to you. Like it happens to you and your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just how it is. I suppose if we do get to like a, a hyper-competitive level like that, um, like a, a good middle ground, I guess, could be like an um- umpire system, you know, a third person at the table that yep. just watches that stuff. Um, you would have to probably have someone there because Age of Sigmar is a cheater's game unfortunately because of because of those things because of that like gray area um Mm. but i don't think i would want to change like anything fundamental just because of Mm. that you know i know 99 of the the games you're going to have are going to play well and you won't yes get upset about that because i think 40k have lent towards especially in their big tournament scene it does seem to be hyper competitive at their end like they've got a gaming bloody gaming house and they're all about chess clocks and all this sort of stuff trying to take it to that leading edge yeah um, so i suppose it sort of depends how you want to play your tournaments and things like that and it yeah, is well, for us it is a hobby i suppose it's not really yeah a... yeah well i think um it'll be interesting uh there's so uh, new zealand masters is will be happening in two weeks mm-hmm. and there we're going to be using chess clocks there and it's definitely going to be because of the nature of the tournament it's much more focused in on competitive play and yes um you know fairness so yeah i don't know i don't really have an opinion on it now but i will in two weeks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um it's going to be interesting to see how it goes what are your have you got a goal for yourself at Masters? What, what, like, obviously everyone wants to win Masters, but is there a, a thing you'd be happy with settling with, or you just um, want to straight out win it? If I place, I'll be really happy. Okay. Um, just because of, the, I mean, that's the quality, the caliber of competition there is pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like it's the top twenty players in New Zealand, and most of the Wellington people that I know that are going are like. Yeah, they're killers, man. So yeah. if I just place, I'll be happy with myself. Okay. Without going into maybe list tech and things like that for yourself, have you got a, an army you're planning on taking? Oh, yeah. So uh, lists, I literally submitted my list like half an hour before this podcast. Okay. So <laughs> I think the, tonight is the deadline. So okay. as, assuming you don't release well, It's not going the out podcast. in the next yeah, few hours. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm safe. So. But um, no, nah, man, I, I, so I've been playing a lot of Iron Jewels recently. So I mm-hmm. won the last two tournaments I went to with Iron Jewels. Yep. I guess one of them was the narrative tournament, of course. <laughs> it so, doesn't count. That <laughs> doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't necessarily count. But um, yeah, I won the last tournament I went to with Iron Jewels. Um, so, uh, and I've had a lot of practice with them recently. I've, I've basically played the last three tournaments with it, basic, more or less the same list. Okay. Um, and so that's my most practiced army. So that's what I'm falling back on. I was tempted at very briefly to put together a Cities of Sigma army in like four weeks. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can do it. If, if um, Jesse can but, do it, you can do it. She's changed yeah. armies three weeks before the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I needed some 3D printing as part of it. It didn't work out, okay. unfortunately. Yeah, and then I, I kind of got, got to the end of it and I was just playing around with lists and I was like, oh, if I go one drop Iron Jaws, I can take... 21 picks and i was like cool i'm just gonna do that yeah um so that's my list it's 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 a more crusher two war chinas and 21 picks 
the standard one drop iron jaws list. Yep. Yep. Nice. There's just yeah, just a shitload of pork. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's all round and solid and you know what it's capable of and so does everyone else. Yeah, so it's yeah. a it's, strong contender. Yeah, Iron Jaws is is the open secret army, right? It's like no one wants to talk about it because of how violent they are. Mm-hmm. But everyone knows. Yeah. You're not hiding anything. So I'm going to see that this gap here called No Man's Land. I'm going to walk across <laughs> it. I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's what's going to happen. Turn day. one. Yeah. Do you, how do you think you're going to go at Masters sort of roughly knowing what armies people have? Iron Jaws has a chance against anything because yep. of it, the way that it works, right? The speed and the damage. It could Sometimes it just kills you. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's always a fighting chance. No, another reason why I, I, I took the list I took. Um, but then again, a lot of the, I, I more think about the players that are going, mm-hmm. uh, less so the armies, because matchups is mostly just knowledge. But the players is where the you know the, the game happens mm-hmm. at that level. And so I've played a decent amount of the people going already with my Iron Jaws, which gives them an edge. Yes. Um, and especially some players like Sean Bates, um, who are very good players, if I beat them with my Iron Jaws, the chance of me beating them again back, like <laughs> right after goes so far down. Because yeah. once you get to this level, it's whoever lost the last game has the advantage, in my opinion, because yeah. you <laughs> through that loss, you've learned more of like, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I need yes. to do this instead. Whereas if you're winning and you just win, like really convincingly, you haven't learned anything. That's or, right. Or you haven't seen how you could lose. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually kind of nervous because I beat Sean in the last <laughs> tournament game we had and I, he's downloaded all my information and I haven't downloaded his. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, nice. I actually have a question for you. Yes. Because um, you've you've talked to 13 people at this point. I yes. was just wondering if, um, like, if you had any general sort of, like, sentiment because we get sort of fed. No, I won't say fed. That's the wrong word. We get sort of told, like, through the talking heads, you know, Warhammer Weekly, Honest Wargamer, yep. um, AOS Coach, that sort of thing. So you, you get fed, like, a sort of, like, feeling of the general community and stuff that sort of filters up to them. Mm-hmm. But I, I find the stories often different talking to just your everyday people, like the people that just play yep. Warhammer as a hobby. Um, so I was wondering if you had any, like, interesting trends or insights into just talking with just literally just, like, everyday people. Just yeah. I found a lot of people started the hobby the same way. Like a lot of people just picked it up as kids and then dropped it for a little while and then came back to it. As like, I feel people when they get older, they have, they're disinterested in a lot of things and they want a bit more satisfaction out of stuff. And I find Warhammer is really provides that satisfaction for everyone. You're rewarded with something at the end of, of the hobby session, like just hobby in general, because you get armies, but then yep. you also get to display your mental strength and your mental knowledge to everyone. Even in like casual games and non-tournament games, you get to show that because everyone wants to be better than everyone else. And everyone wants to show that they're a strong competitive player. Even the narrative people, everyone's playing to win. Um, so people enjoy displaying what they're able to produce as well as the painting side of it all like they get to show oh i painted this model or i painted this this unit or whatever else they get to show off the painting side as well as their brain side of things so i find that's really interesting um yeah, and a lot, lot of, of oh i was gonna say there's just a lot of validation that can come out of warhammer Yes, I think that's the main thing is you're very validated when you play it, even not at tournaments, just in casual games. Um, And there is a lot more people, I find, in the casual scene that play strong armies than there are in the tournament scene. Like I find a lot more casual people will pick up the super meta armies, not perform well with it, but don't seem to take it to tournaments that often right. whereas i find at the top end more 
it's more down to player skill than the army. Um, so yeah, we speak sure. a lot of people that have had on, majority of them have been competitive tournament players. Um, and a lot of them just take armies that they enjoy playing with more than the meta armies. Especially yeah. in Australia, we have the tall poppy syndrome. A few people rise above it, but like as soon as you take that strong army, we sort of belittle you to take a weaker army. <laughs> yeah, there's that like, there's the um, that's I had the same thing for masters. Like, yeah, it's um, yeah, we have the same thing a tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand as well. It's, it's the um, old Anzac thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've yeah, noticed, no, it's um, yeah. Once you like win something big or do something with a it's one thing to, to, to win a tournament, but it's another to win it with something that is not meta, that's not like mm-hmm. this, this um, creative, that's more expressive. Yeah. I think that's harder and harder at points depending on when you're playing in the game. Because bigger tournaments, you're not versing the strongest players all the time because things can just rise to the top just of the way it works. Um, and smaller hard-fought tournaments, I find the stronger army as well as the stronger player wins. But I found the biggest interesting thing is everyone that I've spoken to, it's all about community. Everyone stays in this hobby because they enjoy the community side of it, yeah. um, which is really yeah. interesting. Like, it's not about the hobby. It's not about playing the games. It's about the people you're playing with that have kept them playing for the last, say, one or two years or the last 10 or 15 years. It's the people they've met along the way. Um, yeah. Uh, it it seems to be the biggest pull. Yeah, yeah. I see that as well. Um, yeah. Which it's is just, everyone's good to so see. chill. AOS yep. is beautiful. It's dad game. Yes. Although it's competitive. Suppose, but yeah, it's I, yeah. It, it should be it should be a mum game as well. <laughs> yeah. We, we we do need more women in the hobby, but we've uh, we're quite lucky here. We've got I think three or four women that play. Nice. Um, which is nice to see. It's nice to see that they feel welcome enough to play as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I know it is a male-dominated sport or hobby. Um, it, it, I suppose it sort of leans to it, but the video game side of things as well, which seems to be male-dominated. Um, yeah, potentially. I think I think it's like as um, sort of social stigmas and stuff lessen around like women being more competitive and mm-hmm. video games and computer stuff. It's still sort of like socially conditioned to be more of a guy thing i, I don't think yeah. it's like a purely binary thing i think no. you'll start to see more women sort of i think the it's the nerdery thing as well it yeah, seems to yeah. be guys are probably maybe more open to show their nerdery than maybe females are i'm not sure if yeah. that's true that's just my feeling i think yeah, they're, yeah like yeah. guys don't seem to care as much about showing a little bit of the nerd side um yeah, and I then you go yeah i I was just gonna say i think that's like it's like socially um it's just like what's more socially acceptable right like it's Mm -hmm. it's easier as a guy to be into your nerdy shit than it is as a woman just sort of just generally i think Um, yeah but that's changing of course like yeah which is good to see um it's the nicest thing is they feel welcome enough to keep playing and playing tournaments and stuff like that um more validation it's not just a boys club yeah (laughs) A white male's boys club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is there anything you sort of wanted to leave anyone with, either it be like a TTS thing or an IRL thing that you think they would learn personally from or would just be helpful for the scene in general? Um, hmm. Anything, any leftover piece of advice? I would say, I always say this to pretty much everyone, <laughs> but, but um, play in tournaments. Don't um, Don't be a stranger, I think. Um, and I mean, everyone says this, right? But yeah, they do. <laughs> I think you. I think. I, I think like it can't be said enough because it's not. It, while we have the word tournament, it's not a. It's not a competition, really. Like no. it's a. It's primarily a bunch of people that are there to like show off their hobby, show off their skills, play five games, you know, meet other people, check out mm-hmm. other people's cool armies. Like, I don't know anyone that's. Like went to a tournament was like, yeah, that sucks. That's not for me, you know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard it either. I found people were more open to it afterwards. They were just worried at the start of coming on, and then as soon as they went to it, they're like, oh, it's nothing. 
I'm coming yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, I think people get socially like people get like PTSD from um, like school sport meets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're on my team. Or something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's not like that at all. It's the um, most open and welcoming crowd I think I've been into hobby wise or sports wise. Yeah, I think. and one of uh, something else I forgot to mention is. Um, this, if you go to multiple tournaments, the second tournament you go to and you show up and there's a bunch of people that are like, oh, hey, and they remember your name and they're like, oh, you're back, you know? Like, that's the moment for me, at least, on my second tournament where I was like, yeah, I made the right decision. This yeah. is a dope hobby. Like, this is for me. Yeah. It's uh, one of the best hobbies I've ever been in, that's for sure. Yeah, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on, James. It was uh, lovely to meet you and loved to chat with you. And get yeah, a likewise, different perspective bro. on playing online rather than playing in person and then seeing how that translates to the table. Uh, did you have any um, shout-outs or anything you wanted to do at the end? Uh, yeah, shout-out um, New Zealand Masters. It'll be happening in two weeks or from this recording. Um, it's going to be pretty crazy. I'm sure it'll. Um, the, you know, the winners will be posted on all the usual places i'm sure honest wargame will do a rundown of it but it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be intense i think everyone's bringing their a game mm-hmm. yeah it's you'll see it you the, the winner will post themselves anyway especially if it's one of the uh, sean's we'll know about it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he's defending he's defending champ so he's got it you know it's all on the line for him yes yeah he's got everything to lose pretty much exactly yeah but yeah. that'll be exciting that'll be really cool yeah well best of luck at masters Um, cheers man thanks so much for having me on no worries thank you thanks for coming on thank you for listening to Unidentified Wargamer you can find links for the guests located in the description you can find the show on twitter at u underscore wargamer and I will see you next week bloody hell James don't flip the table